Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I am just on... um just cloud nine. We have a terrific dentist with us today in the program. I'm always excited when we have um, doctors um, on the show um, sharing with other doctors. Um, Dr. Skolis, I said that right? Skolis, yes. Skolis, I keep messing this up and I'm so sorry. Dr. Skolis, say hello and welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. I am taking the Skolis here. Yeah, I'm Again, I'm thrilled. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day. I know you run a very busy practice um, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so, again, thank you for being here. Um, I'm going to jump right into the program. I know you've got a lot of accomplishments and you're pretty busy and out there in the community. Um, why don't you just kind of start and tell me what, what made you get into dentistry? Why you be, why'd you decide to become a dentist? Yeah, so um, I decided pretty early on I wanted to do something in healthcare. Um Definitely went into college with that in mind. Um, I explored a variety of different options while in college, including you know going to med school, biotechnology. Um, at the time, I didn't really think I'd want to work in a hospital. I didn't want the late night hours and overnight shifts. And um, and then biotechnology, I really didn't care that much about research at the time either, although that's changed as well. Um, so dental school kind of was appealing to me in, in terms of having a small business aspect and making your own hours. Um, so I ended up starting to shadow people that I knew from home back in Cupertino, where I grew up, and uh, went to the University of Pacific School of Dentistry, did a shadow day there, and got really excited about it. So I went down the dental school route. I also had a cousin that was a dentist prior and um, really always looked up to her. I remember writing a speech about her when I was a kid in junior high. Um, so I think that also played a role. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about your practice. So kind of, I know you, you did a startup to begin with. Um, kind of tell us what that was like and then kind of where you're at now in your practice. So I um, thought about how I wanted to develop my practice um, probably five years after I was associating. Uh, my path was after dental school, I was 25 and I decided I didn't really want to stay in San Francisco at that point, decided to move back to LA for a while and was living in LA for five years. Um, I had a job associating at that time. Um, I was working in the corporate atmosphere for a while and in a variety of different private practices through the course of those five years. I also was teaching at UCLA for a day a week. So the mixture was really amazing to me in that I got to kind of, you know, develop my hand skills, being a fast paced atmosphere in the corporate atmosphere. But at the same time, I was in an atmosphere at UCLA where I, I had a lot of mentorship and people that could guide me in terms of clinical questions that I may have or um, just kind of uh, maintain that um, educa educational mindset while also working in the corporate atmosphere. Um, I also ended up getting my MBA while I was down in LA. So once I completed that, I felt very ready to start my own practice. Moved back up to San Francisco, decided, you know, hey, I really want to do the startup route. And um, at the time, um, you know, at the same time, looked into leasing space and uh, decided that the best way to start up would be minimally and decided to rent two chairs in someone else's um, dental office. It was really amazing looking dental office in the financial district of San Francisco, really looked like an art studio in Brooklyn with brick walls more than anything. So just really um, great place to kind of start up and build my practice within. 
Um, I did that for uh, three to four years. I ended up building my practice to about 1,200 patients and was really excited and happy about that. And then I got to another place where I was thinking, you know, where am I going to go from here? Do I want to lease my own place and build up and create like a startup and kind of invest in structuring it that way? Or do I want to buy a practice and move into it? And what I really decided was I really wanted to be doing more of the type of dentistry um, that I really, really enjoyed, which was cosmetic dentistry and more full mouth cases, things that were more challenging. So I started tailoring my my professional career more in that direction. Um, I'd started down the COIS route and continuing education courses. I had already done a lot of SPEAR workshops in the past as well, Um, joined the AACD uh, and started taking a lot of clear aligner CE. Um, So through all this, I ended up finding a prosthodontic practice, um, which was really awesome. She was practicing about three days a week, spending, you know, a half day on one patient, really taking the time to provide quality care. And I really wanted to be practicing that way. So I bought her practice and merged my PPO practice, which was very busy into hers. And um, that ended up being great. And that's currently where I'm at. I've been there for about three years or so, and we're we're continuing to build. That's Awesome and fantastic story, fantastic journey. Let me ask you a quick question. You know, you have, um, you obviously worked hard, you got your MBA and you've kind of done the startup and you've kind of done the purchase, right? So you've got a taste for for both of those. And obviously every single situation is different, but if you had to pick one or the other, if you did it all over again, what do you think is easier, startup or buying an existing practice? Honestly, for me, I think starting up um, was, was the route that I liked the most. Um, the reason for that is that you get to create everything. I'm, I'm a pretty creative person. I really enjoy implementing different systems and creating kind of um, uh, protocols for my team and, and making sure that everything is done properly from day one. Um, and that way, you know, kind of that you've, you've created everything and you can go back and look at your own protocols, and make sure everything is being followed the way you want. Um, in buying a practice, you know, a practice that's been there for 30 years or so, yes, you do get the patient base, which is nice um, so that you have revenue right off the bat. But at the same time, there's so much stuff in that practice. You know, it took us like at least a year to go through and, and decide what we wanted to keep, what we wanted to toss. I redid the floors. I painted the walls. I bought new equipment. So, you know, even in buying that practice, there was a lot that went into it that, um, you know, could have could have been done with just a startup and and was a lot of a headache, to be honest, as well as kind of uh, the, you know, the purchase of the patient base. So I think starting up for me was was the route that I enjoyed the most. Yeah, that makes sense. I know there's pluses and minuses and some things maybe business wise are harder on a startup, but more fun. Um, right mm-hmm. behind it kind of feels like it's, it's your own and what have you. So um, let's kind of jump into um, what we're going to talk about today. You you're out there in the community. I know you served at Colorado, or I'm sorry, the California Dental Association, um, and um, keep yourself quite busy. Um, what are some problems and struggles that you see um, some practices um, and some dentists having, whether it's a startup or, or buying into a practice? Um, let's see. I think, you know, one is to really be able to create your brand and differentiate from, you know, I'm in San Francisco. It's a really competitive atmosphere. There's tons of dentists in the city. In my building alone, there's probably a hundred dentists. So I think that you really need to find and create your path and, and brand yourself that way. You know, what are you really good at? What do you enjoy? How are you going to differentiate? What, you know, what is your path going to look like? And, Um, For some people that might be implant placement, a surgical route, they get really good at, 
you know, different surgeries and they offer that to differentiate to their patient base so they don't need to refer to an oral surgeon. Um, personally, like I mentioned, I really enjoy cosmetic dentistry. So taking on those veneer cases, those full mouth cases, um, knowing what to offer in terms of different porcelains, working with a master ceramist that offers the best, most aesthetic porcelains available, um, minimally invasive conservative dentistry being offered to my patients. Uh, all, all of this is, you know, ways to differentiate and make sure that patients are aware that you're offering this and begin to brand yourself online that way. And so I got let me, I'm going to kind of jump in there right now. You, you just mentioned um, you're in a dentist, you're in a building with roughly a hundred dentists, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of, um, a lot of, especially startups um, and people in the real estate in, uh, industry, um, specific to dentistry, banks specific to dentistry, they're usually very concerned about startups and competition. How many dentists per population there are, pediatrics, how many high schools are there? What, what is that? Are they kind of going down the, the wrong path? Does it really matter how many dentists are around? Um, I mean, I, I definitely think it does play a role in, you know, how difficult it might be to profit as quickly as if, let's say, you're the only dentist in a suburban area. So I think that that is an important thing to take into consideration for banks. Um, that's, you know, I think one of the reasons why providing me with a loan at the time that they did was really attractive was because I was merging two practices together. So, you know, every bank I went to was like, oh, she already has profit and she's going to buy a patient base. So this is an easy answer here. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you the money. Um, so um, I think that's definitely something they take into consideration. Um, I also think, you know, dentistry's changed a lot through the years in terms of the number of corporate uh, offices that are available or, you know, people that are buying a lot of practices and creating a corporate entity for them. And then, you know, having them save on supplies or a management system so that they're decreasing their overhead and increasing their profit that way. So I, I think that they are kind of, and dentists are kind of keeping this all in mind moving forward. Um, I think that the private practice solo practitioner in certain areas can be a little bit more challenging. So um, let's, shift into this topic a little bit and I know we don't have a lot of time, but um, let's talk about building relationships with other specialists. Um, you bought into a process office, right? So um, this is something you certainly have um, experience with. What are, what, what suggestions do you have for someone that goes, Hey, I'm just not really good at networking. I'm really not that good at building relationships and, and meeting people. And there's a lot of introverts, as you know, in dentistry, um, and that stuff's kind of painful and hard to them. What do you, what do you say to those people? What advice do you have for them? That's a good question. Um, you know, I definitely think relationship building is a really important part of our profession, whether that's with specialists or with our patients themselves. I think finding the things that really interest you, um, how, you know, what do you enjoy doing on a daily basis in terms of getting out into your patient base and um, serving your patients and getting involved um, in your neighborhood um, and, and particular and with specialists as well. You know, you want to be able to grow friendships, you know, get in touch with those people from dental school you were friends with that went down the specialist route, um, meet them for lunch, have a coffee and continue to develop the relationship that way. I think it's really important that we are able to find uh, provide comprehensive care to our patients. And the only way to do that is to have those relationships with specialists where you're working on a case and you want to send your periodontist an email and get them involved in the case early on or have that consult done. And then, you know, 
talk to them about that patient after work. I think all of that is really important, be able, being able to provide your patient the best care possible. So relationship building is you know, extremely important in that way. Um, one thing I can suggest, you know, obviously, is getting involved in your local dental society, um, dental association, leadership roles. Uh, you know, I think, think putting, you know, taking uh, one step forward and um, just being on a, on a committee of some sort and getting to know people within that committee, I think is um, an initial way to kind of get to know the other dentists and specialists um, in your area and be able to begin networking that way. Everyone's really friendly and they're going to be really excited that you want to volunteer in some way. Yeah, that's, that's uh, terrific advice. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's almost like you be able to practice with your peers before you're practicing in the, in the real world, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's brilliant. I want to encourage our audience to check out your website. It's fantastic. Um, done a really good job there. Um, it's Schoolless, which is, I pronounced it correctly this time, right? Yes, definitely. You got it. Finally, yes. So Schoolless DDS, that's S-K-O-U-L-A-S D-D-S. Um, dot com. So I want to encourage our audience to check that out. And I want to thank you very much for being here today. We really appreciate you sharing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.